And today I want to speak on the final one, which is being filled. And I want us to turn our Bibles to something very interesting that happened in the scriptures. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. So I think now you can turn the music up for me. Now let, let me get into it and then. Thank you. So it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each, one, each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. I call this, this is one of the, the what I call one of the phenomenal passages in Scripture. And I call it phenomenal because it is, it is something that you don't see happen always. That a group of people are gathered together in a room and they are, they are waiting on God and all of a sudden there is a mighty rushing wind from heaven that comes into the room and that fills the room. And then all of a sudden there are tongues of fire on the heads of the people. Wow. I mean, can you imagine GTP Kavod Assembly? We came for church service one Sunday. And then all of a sudden, you hear a sound from heaven. And you hear a wind blowing in this place, and it's not a fan. And then all of a sudden, you look on Deborah's head, and you see fire on the head. And you look on, on baby's head, and you see fire on the head. And you, you look on Nicole's head, and you see fire on the head. Oh, God, may we see this thing? No, we don't just want to read about it. We want to see it. But this is what happened when, when Jesus told the disciples to go and wait. And you know, the problem with our generation is that we can't wait. That, that Jesus told them that go and wait for the promise of the Father. Can you imagine that Pastor Ima comes to church one day and then he announces on Sunday that the Lord wants us to wait on him. No one is going home. We, we are going to wait on the Lord. Unfortunately, the new place we are going is, is up. So we are going to wait on the Lord in the upper room. And we are not going home. We are going to be there until, not that like be there for a number of days. You are going to be there until the promise of the Father comes. So Delhi, you don't know. You tell, your, you tell your family that I am going to wait on the Lord. When are you coming? Until the promise of the Father. And, and this is what happened. You see, one reason why we can't see the move of God in our generation is because we don't have the patience to wait. No, we can't wait. Oh, we can't wait. Because even when we come to church, we are looking at our clock. We can't wait. But these people were there in that room and they waited for days. According to biblical commentaries, it took about 10 days in waiting. And they waited for the promise of the Father. And then all of a sudden, there was a mighty rushing wind. And then, and then there were cloven tongues of fire sitting on their heads. Then the Bible gives us something. It says that, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and they were all filled, not some. I like when I read the passages and it talks about all. It talks about every. It means that God can actually come into the midst of people and everyone. But, but that can happen when all of us have a one heart towards God, that we are expecting the same thing from God. These people were waiting on God and they were all expecting one thing, the promise of the Father. So when the Holy Spirit came, they were all filled. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day when we can all be filled. Because right now, we all have divided hearts. Someone is thinking about Banku. Someone is thinking about Someone is thinking about Wachi. Someone is thinking about school fees. Someone is thinking about, like, we are thinking about different things. But, but, but where we can have a united heart and be thinking about Holy Spirit, come down and fill us. So the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and it's a very interesting scenario. But to understand it, let's understand the word fill. And this word fill that, that the writer uses means to, to cram. You know, we say we are cramming something. It means that you are packing the things. You pack the things until it is full. How, how many of you have, have packed things into a basket and then like you, you realize there was space and then you are still packing and you still packed until the basket was begging you. 
That is what is called cram. At first, they used to cram sardines for us. But now, they only put two in the, in, the, in the container. You know, at first, when you open the sardine, the fish, they are lined up together. Uh, those of you who are getting hungry, please don't get hungry. I'm just giving an illustration. You know, they used to put the sardine together, and then you find about five of them, and it's filled the, the container. So when you open it, like, yeah, this is sardine. Now, this one you open, you only see two animals walking inside there. So when we say cramp, it means that you feel, you, 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 you pack until there is no space. So when the Bible says that, and the Spirit of God filled them, or they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that the Holy Spirit occupied every space in their lives. Now today, we say we are filled with the Holy Spirit, but no, it is not filling. Because if the Holy Spirit fills your life, He's actually occupying every single space. And if He's occupying every space, then what will come out of you? It's only spirit. Oh, oh, please, can you preach with me? If I pack Gary into a container and I cram the container and the container is full of Gary, when I'm pouring from the container, what will I get? Would I get sand? Because it is Gary that has filled the container. So, so when the Bible says that and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that the Spirit of God occupied every space within them. And that is what this morning we are praying for, that the Holy Spirit will occupy every single space in your life. Some of you, you have separated and compartmentalized your, your life. There's some part that is for God. There's some part that's for some boyfriend who will break it. And there's some part that's for some telling of Bella. And there's some part for something. Like you have, you have shared the spaces and God has a certain portion. But, but when the spirit of God is filling you, you tell the Lord, every part of me is for you, not just a part. The, the, the word filled also means um, to, to, to level up. That means that you're looking at a hollow something, something that is hollow, like a, a, a bottle. And when you say you are leveling up, it means that you pour until it gets to. That's why I like the song that the choir says, fill me up till I overflow. That is what it means to fill. You pour till it begins to, you know, overflow, pour out. And so when we say that the Holy Spirit fills you, it means that, look, there, there's going to be an overflow of the presence of God in you. There's going to be an overflow of the presence out of you so that when you get to a certain place and there's something going on that is not right, you see, you are too filled with the Holy Spirit that you can't contain what is not right. Like, you know, today, a lot of believers, we go into the wrong place and we are like, ah, Jack, let's all continue, let's all join. You are not filled. Because if you are filled and there's an overflow, immediately you get there, something, there'll be something about you that will say that, no, there is, this person is different. No, can, can I tell you something about being filled? If you have ever been in school or at your workplace or at the marketplace or wherever you find yourself and after one week, people cannot say that there's something about this person. There's a big question mark about being filled. Today we'll go on to it. Then you understand. Because when you are filled, there has to be an overflow. So the word fill also means to diffuse. To diffuse means, you see, how many, of, how many of you have sprayed mosquitoes before? Yeah. My wife says when I'm spraying, it's like I'm killing all the mosquitoes in the world. Because I can spray and you will smell it <laughs> outside. Like, so when we talk about diffusing, you know, someone can spray, another person can spray. How many of you have passed by someone and then the person's perfume? Like was so, no, the person passed by. The perfume was so strong, the person got to a distance that you could still smell the perfume. It, it is called diffusion. It, it means the person has saturated themselves with the perfume, said that, like, this perfume, it is not uh, what the ones that they sell by the roadside. When, when you pass by, even after some few minutes, you can still smell that there's perfume. So when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has filled you, it means you are so saturated with the Spirit of God that, look, it's diffused all over into you that wherever you step, like, there's no question mark that the presence of God is with you. That there's no question mark that the Spirit of God is inside of you, that He has filled you, that He has overflown you, that, that He is working in and through you. So the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And can you imagine when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, something amazing happened. But before I talk about that, this word filled, 
it's a continuous thing. It's not like the Holy Spirit fills you once. Nico, immediately he filled you, you know, you are filled. That's it. In fact, the Greek word gives us an understanding that it's a continuous process. That he fills you, but he wants you to be filled every day. He wants you to be filled continually. So, so you go, uh, uh, we used to have this biscuit in SHS called Shemima. If you don't know of that biscuit, then you are born in some, some other age. But we used to have what? Shemima. It means fill me up. That biscuit, it, it, you, you, can, you cannot have, you can decide not to have any provision, but that biscuit will fill you up. <laughs> It will fill you up. And, and, and when we talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we, we are actually, let me use the word, the, the key word, Shemima. Like you're, you're always going back, top up. Like, Holy Spirit, top up. I need more of your power. I need more of your presence. But something interesting happened. When these disciples were filled, there were other people who were outside the building. And that's why I'm coming to, that's why I tell you that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be something that will show that you are filled. There were people outside the building from other nations who were dwelling in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when they heard the disciples speaking in the other tongues, they, they heard them speaking in their own language. So for instance, all I can speak, maybe all the language I can speak in this world is, is English. Then all of a sudden I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I begin to speak and then I'm speaking in Chinese. And then I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in, um, what do you call it, um, Arabic. And I'm speaking in um, Ewe. You, you know, and you can hear it in your own language. You can hear it in, in your ears that, that even though what I am speaking is tongues, it is actually your language. And the people knew that Peter and the rest were Galileans. And Galileans, they are like our, our brothers and sisters from Nigeria. When the Nigerians... Nigerian comes here right now and speaks, you know that this is a Nigerian. You, you don't need anyone to tell you that this is a Nigerian. You can differentiate between. So the Galileans had a special tongue, but now they were speaking their own language. So some people said, what is this wonderful thing that these people are declaring? They are declaring the wonderful works of God. Then other people started mocking and saying, the people are drunk. Because you see, anytime God is filling the people, those outside cannot understand what is happening. Their only interpretation is that the people are drunk. No, that, that there is something different. Because when you see a drunkard, you can see a drunkard. You can see that this person is not normal. So can I tell you something? When the Holy Spirit fills you, you can't be normal again. Oh, some of you did not get that. When the Holy Spirit fills you, you can't be normal again. No, those of you who want the Holy Spirit to fill you, you still want to be like composed by yourself. I'm sorry. When the Holy Spirit fills you, it changes everything. Me, I was a gentle, quiet reserved guy. I didn't even like picnics. Because I don't like people, like, I didn't like to be in the midst of people. To be in social gatherings. Like, to be, no, no, no. I like my space. But when the Holy Spirit filled me, he said, Jack, you are not normal again. The same person who was shy, I could stand before over 400 people in my class at the university and then preach the word of God to them. And after that, I go back and I sit down like I'm wondering, was I the same person who, sat, who stood there and preached and people gave their lives to Christ? Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, you can't be normal. When the Holy Spirit filled me, the same person who was shy, I could go out after BC, I'll go out and be preaching to people and telling them, give your life to Jesus Christ. Give your life. The same person who was shy, who would not even want to meet you face to face. Like if I was coming and a girl was coming, I'll pass here. But when the Holy Spirit filled me, he changed everything. I could go to people and preach the message of the gospel. Because when the Spirit of God fills you, you can't be normal. So, so let's read what, what the people said. The, the Bible says in verse... 12 to 13, it says, So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and the interpretation from the people was that, What? They are filled with what? New wine. Because new wine intoxicates. It, it will make you drunk. Then the Bible says that Peter stood up. 
and told them that men and brethren, that these people here, it's not like they are drunk. Oh. It is in fulfillment of what God told the prophet Joel, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. He said, what Joel said is what you are seeing today. So now the spirit of God has filled us, and you are beginning to hear us prophesy and speak amazing things because now we are full of the Holy Ghost. Ah, can you imagine? When you are full of the Holy Ghost, you begin, you don't say in Senhu. No, no. Can I give you another sign that you are not completely filled? When in Senhu keeps on coming from your mouth. Because if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, what will come out of your mouth is the wondrous works of God. It's, it's prophecy to people. It says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. It doesn't mean you come and then you tell Ghana, Ghana, I see, I see, I see. No, no, no. It's like you are talking with Ghana and all of a sudden you begin to say things about her future into her without even knowing because you are full of the Holy Ghost. When people are saying the economy is hard, that, that because you are full of the Holy Ghost, you say, yes. That's what people are saying, but me, I know that just shall live by faith. Because you are full of the Holy Ghost. So these people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter said that, no, 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 they are not drunk. They are not drunk. They are actually producing something from the Spirit. But you know the interesting thing? Whilst the people were saying that these people are filled with wine or they are drunk, they were actually revealing a certain truth to us. And that truth is in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. So the people did not know, but they were revealing the truth to us. Ephesians 5, 18, it says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I like the old King James Version. It says that, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Do you know what Paul was saying? Paul was telling the church in Ephesus. The church in Ephesus, they were in a certain culture where they had a God called Bacchus. And this Bacchus, they said, this God is a God of wine. This is the God who produces wine, alcohol, for people to drink. So what they do is that they drink in honor of the God. So Nico, what they do is they drink and they begin to do all forms of silly things. So, so Paul uses wearing his excess. So, so they'll drink and then they'll be sleeping around. They'll drink and then beat people. They'll drink and then cause um, confusion. And, and they do all of that in honor of the God called Bacchus. Now, Paul had gone to Ephesus preached the message of the gospel to them. They had given their lives to Christ, but they were still in a culture where the people were getting drunk, uh, getting drunk onto the God called what? Bacchus. Then Paul tells them that, do not be drunk with wine. We're in this excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So now Paul was trying to do a comparison here. He says, just like you drink the wine or your people drink wine and they are under the influence of the wine, there is a better wine of the Spirit. And when that wine fills you, you also be under the influence of the wine, this time not to misbehave, but this time to accomplish the agenda of God concerning your life. Amen. So the previous verse, as I says in the previous verse, that be circumspect. Do not be as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days in which you are is evil. Then he says what? Knowing this, understanding the will of the Lord. So he's saying that, look, you, you, you have to be at a place where you can understand that God wants to do something through you. And the only way you're going to see God do that thing through you is when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God wants to be in charge. God wants to influence you. So can, can, can we go a little bit into alcohol? How many of you drink alcohol here? Okay, Rosie. She's the only angel. Okay, who else? Okay. Now, I have not drank alcohol before, but I've read about it. I have seen it. When people drink alcohol, do you know what it does? It, it impairs their judgment. When people drink and they drink it in excess, it impairs their judgment. So, so the, their way of thinking, that is why uh, sometimes they arrest someone and they say, under the influence. Because the person is driving, but because the alcohol is influencing, the person can see a human being and mistake the human being for a good. No, because the alcohol is affecting the way things are going up there. And not the person and say, no, 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 it wasn't a human being I saw. I saw a good. The, the alcohol is changing how the person is seeing what we all see normally. 
When, when people are under the influence of alcohol, it affects their perspective of life. Like a certain man, I, I think I shared this story with you, who, who used to drink a lot so much that, that the wife used to prepare food for him and then clean him up and then, and then the, the wife prepared fufu and then this man came home and, you know, he was so drunk. Unfortunately, that day the wife slept early and forgot to cover the food and cockroaches went into the food and then the man came and then he was eating and he was chewing the cockroach and in the morning he told the wife that the crabs that you put into the food were so nice. <laughs> No, no. Under the influence of alcohol, he's mistaking cockroaches for crabs. Because, because the, the thing is, oh, sorry for those of you who are, sorry. So, so it's influenced how the person is seeing things. Alcohol influences the behaviors of people and the actions of people. You can sometimes see someone who has drunk so much and he's lying in the gutter and he thinks he's in his room. Like, like he slept comfortably there and he can sleep there the whole night and wake up, shake himself and go. Because at the time that he felt that he thought he was in his bedroom, lying down, under the influence of alcohol. And then Paul is saying that, look, when you are under the influence of alcohol, it destroys your life. It leads you to do things that dishonor God. But there's a better wine. It's the wine of the spirit. When you're under the influence of the wine of the spirit, the same way the alcohol leads someone to go and lie in the gutter, the spirit of God will lead you to go to places to accomplish something that God has for you. Because when you are under the influence of the spirit, he leads you. When you are under the influence of the spirit, what everyone is seeing as A, you don't see as A, you see as B, and they are wondering, ah, but we are all saying this, and you said, no, I'm seeing something. They are, they are saying that there is a famine in the land, you are saying, I'm seeing abundance. They are saying the economy is hard. They are saying, no, I, I can see opportunities. Because when the Spirit of God fills you, He changes your vision from the natural to the supernatural. You begin to see the things that God wants you to see beyond the natural. Oh, I'll read a scripture for you to see how that someone was so full of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God just opened his eyes and he began to gaze into the heavens. So when you are under the influence of the Spirit of God and you are filled with the Spirit of God, look, the Spirit of God moves you and you begin to do supernormal things and you begin to do abnormal things. I said, God, please let me never be normal again. Some of you don't want that prayer because you think they will land you in part time. <laughs> but God, God, I don't want to be normal because I think this world's normal is too crazy. I don't want to be normal again. Lord, I want to be abnormal. I want to be abnormal. So when the Spirit of God fills you, your behavior is influenced by the Spirit. So that sometimes you feel like you're going to do this. And you see, so nowadays, even, even when I was preparing this message, I realized, ah, my, my portion of being filled with the Spirit has been depleted. I, I need to have a fill-up. Because sometimes... I look at some of my actions and I realize that, no, if I was full of the Holy Ghost, this one, I wouldn't do it. This one, I wouldn't say it. So, so every action of ours actually determines the level of fill-up that we have. And I pray that to this morning you will be so filled up with the Holy Ghost that, that when you are going, like, it will be like wine turning around in your head. It sounds like, oh God, don't touch, don't touch. I want to be composed. Don't touch anything. So Paul says, be not drunk with wine, wearing this excess, but what? Be filled with the spirit. And, and when people take wine or alcohol, because Paul was making this comparison, sometimes people take it as a stimulant to give them pleasure. You know, sometimes people take it to give them pleasure, to, to arouse some feelings in them, to excite some feelings. People take it as a depressant. Something that would depress their pain, to numb their pain for a while so, so they can forget about their sorrows for a moment. Some people take it as a comforter. Like, like I'm, I'm going, I've, I just had a heartbreak. Ah, let me go and take the bottle so that I can forget that, that I had a heartbreak. Some people take it as an enabler to empower them to do what normally they wouldn't do. You know, some people, by, when, by just their eyes, they can't do something. So they have to go on drugs or go on alcohol to help them to do it. Now, Paul is saying that, can the Holy Spirit be your best enabler and empower, empowerment in life? Who else can empower you to do greater things in life than the Holy Spirit? No, who else can comfort you out of your misery than the Holy Spirit? 
Who else can, can help you? And the Holy Spirit will not numb your pain. He will help you to get through the pain and break out of the pain. You know, alcohol only numbs the pain. And then the next time they go for another alcohol. And the pain is still there, right? And then they go again before they realize they are drunkards. But the Holy Spirit says that, as for me, I will help you through the pain barrier and you will come out stronger and forget about the pain. He says, who else can help you to do that? Who else can be there to, to strengthen you and comfort you than the Holy Spirit? And Paul was telling the people that, look, you've been used to wine to help you to do all these things, but there's a better person in this place who is your comforter, who is your strengthener, who is your upholder, who is there to help you, who is there to work in and through you. So you have to come to the place where you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you look at the comparison between the wine and the spirit, you realize that the wine empowers the flesh and excites the flesh. But the Holy Spirit empowers the spirit and positions the spirit for growth. So let me tell you something. Anytime your flesh is empowered and excited, it is much more difficult for God to work through you. But when your spirit is empowered, and your spirit is growing, it is easier for God to work through you. It is very, very easy. So, so I said, Lord, please help me not to be in the flesh. Because when you are in the flesh, you can't even know what God is saying you should do. No, you can't even tell which direction that, that God is moving, how, how God wants to do things. That's why even the worship team, I keep on telling you, you guys have to be in the spirit because you have to be able to know the mind of God. Even whilst you are leading us into the presence of God, to be so full of the Holy Spirit and know that, ah, at this time we should stop this song. Oh, at this time we should continue. At this time we should just stay on this song because this is where God is. You have to be full of the Holy Spirit for that to happen. So today, anything that empowers your flesh, you have to decide and tell God that, God, please, I want to get rid of that thing and allow the Holy Spirit to empower my spirit. Because some of us, our flesh is so active. It has been empowered. It's at 100%. And the spirit is at 10%. So, so the, fight, the fight between your spirit and your flesh, your flesh has, has always been winning. Because your, your spirit is at 10%. Not empowered. But, but you need to be filled. And every day you need to come before God and say, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. It should be your daily prayer. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. If you want to go that you way, shemima, shemima. Like, you got to tell God that fill me. So that you can take over my flesh. So you can diffuse your presence inside of me. So you can cram yourself. God, I want you to pack yourself inside of me. That is what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, pack yourself inside me. Can you imagine? Like God, push yourself, all of yourself inside of me. And so Paul tells them that do not be drunk with wine when it's excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, apart from the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came and this phenomenon happened, there were other instances in Scripture where the people were filled with the Holy Spirit and it was because God wanted to do something. So, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Now, we are coming into the message. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Can you imagine having a prayer meeting? So the first prayer meeting, there was a mighty Russian wind that came there. This second prayer meeting, John and Peter and John had been brought before the Sanhedrin because they were preaching the name of Jesus. And the people were threatening them. And Peter and John said that, who we obey? Is it God or man? Now after they beat them and released them, do you know what they did? They had beaten them and released them. They went to the rest of the disciples and they started praying. And said, God, see what these people are doing. But we still give you praise. God, empower us so that we we'll continue to speak the message of the gospel. And the Bible says that as they began to pray together, the building where they were began to shake. Ah, uh, you people. I said, God, please, we want to see this thing in our day. We want to see that you would think it is an earthquake, but it's not an earthquake. It's just the building in which we are that is shaking. The people in the room, they prayed so much that the building began to shake and the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now look at what happened after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak the word of God with boldness. Can I tell you something? When the Spirit of God fills you, eh, look, 
you, you can't be shy again, oh. Some of you come and preach the gospel a little, no, you are shy. Come and preach the message, no. Say, God, please, I want you to feel me. Go and open Acts 431. That scripture changed my life. When I read it and I read the Bible says that, and they were empowered and they spoke the word of God with all boldness. I said, God, I want you to feel me. Ah! So every time when I'm going to preach, I said, Lord, feel me. I want to speak your word with boldness. With authority, because every time I'm coming to the stage, I'm shy. And some of you don't know that. Every Sunday when I'm coming to the stage, I'm shy. If those of you who have noticed, sometimes when I come from the beginning, I've closed my eyes a little because I'm trying to adjust to the crowd. You are not even many, but I'm saying, because that's my natural place. But when I say, Holy Spirit, fill me, and, and I begin to just ease into it, then His boldness takes over. By the time I finish preaching now, the shyness will come back again. So then I have to go and sit down because I finished. No, because by yourself, you can't do it. If it's just by your natural self, you can't. But it takes the boldness from the Holy Spirit. It takes the empowerment from the Holy Spirit. And I pray that even as these people assembled together and the place was shaking, that in your own room, you'll be praying just by yourself without any prayer meeting and the room will shake and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and you'll be there. By the time you come out, you'll be preaching to every single person on the street. You didn't say amen. If I said that, if I said that, then when you go out of this place, someone will give you a check of one million Ghana cities. Hey, amen. Faster, I receive it. I, I shake the chest. And I. When I said that the Holy Spirit will fill you in your own room, that by the time you come out, you will preach with so much boldness and confidence. You should be shouting a bigger amen. amen. So the Bible says that the place where they were assembled. Ah, God, I'm looking forward to a prayer meeting at GTP Kabod Assembly. Where we'll be praying and the room will be shaking. The room will be shaking. And people will think that, yeah, something is up. I had one man of God passed on. When he died, the day he died, the whole house was shaking. Like, shaking. Uh, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like I've said that me, I'm tired of reading the things and not seeing them Tell like we don't want to. It, I don't want. I don't want the Bible to be announcing stories. I want to experience it. Otherwise, then then we are all wasting our time. Oh. Or maybe don't you think like the way you have dressed like this? Then me too. I dress like this. Then we go to the beach on Sunday morning, and then we go to the mutual joint, and then we go and get some some beer, and then Charlie chill out. Ah, but isn't that what people are doing? No, no, no. But if we come together like this and we say we are coming because of God and we are coming because we believe the word of God and we are coming because we believe the power of the Holy Spirit, then we must see it happen in our day. And that means you and I, our hearts must be on the same page so that the Holy Spirit, when he's moving, he can move amongst all of us. We must, we must be on the same page. Not someone's heart is here and another person's heart is there. And, and God wants to use us, but he can't because when, when he's trying to move, someone has blocked. Like, it's like a pipe. And then there are some of you who are just blocks, blocks in the pipeline. So the water is going, but it can't, it can't push because there's someone who is blocking it. But these disciples, they were with one accord. They're like, we all want this. We all want to see the move of the Spirit. We all want to see the Holy Spirit fill us. Oh, that will come for a church service one day. And look, and I keep on saying this, that will come for a church service one day, even before I come to preach. That I might not even be able to preach that day. But as we just worship, our hearts are so knit to God that the presence of God fills the place and it begins to fill our hearts. And, and we are just there. We are all lying there. Some are lying on the floor and some are kneeling down. Some are crying and some are rolling. And we are just in the presence of God and we are not going home. And we are just there. Because he has filled us. And by the time we move out of the building, we are not just filled, we are moving with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that they spoke the word of God with boldness. Look at another thing that happened. Another occasion when someone was filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9, verse 17 to 22. The Bible says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you, you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales 
and he received the sight at once, and he arose and baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem? And has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Can you imagine? The same Saul that was going persecuting people and killing people because of the name of Jesus, when he encountered Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, that same person who was preaching against the name of Jesus began to pre preach the name of Jesus. And he began to preach Jesus so much that the people were confused. They were like, ah, is this not the same Saul that came here to drag the people to the chief priest? How come he's speaking in the name of Jesus? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, eh, you do things that that confuse people. Because they look at you, the previous, uh, is this not the same girl? Then now they look at you. You see the before and after picture. So there's a before and after. I saw a before and after makeup picture. Oh man, I was, I was shocked to the bone. Like I saw the before picture. I saw that. No, I couldn't believe it until my sister who is into makeup explained to me that it is doable and possible. I said, God, please help us that we can see beyond <laughs> No, no, when you see the before picture and you see the after picture, hey, women, we should be afraid. <laughs> That's why one counselor said, go to the woman's house in the morning when you, are, when you want to marry her. Go to the house very early in the morning when she has just woken up. Then you can see the real face. But there's a before and after. People transform before, after. But you see, there's a, a transformation that takes place when the Holy Spirit fills you. It is a before and after effect. Before they knew you to be this. But when the Spirit of God fills you and they look at you, that like, is this the same person? We can't, no, we can't believe it is the same person. I, I met someone the other day. I was, I was a, the person is way older than me. So I was a very little kid when the person knew me. You know, those times when daddy, I started the church. And then the person saw, I think the person saw either my, preaching on, on YouTube or something, 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 something like that. And the person like, hey, you man, it's even the way you say, you know, who preaches say, you know, it's like when the spirit of God fills you, they'll be, they'll, they are still thinking that you should still be that small boy walking around, but they don't know that when the spirit of God fills you and takes over, you can't be the same. You, you can't be the same. So they look at you and say, hey, isn't this, this, this girl, when she's coming, she's walking like this, she's walking around like this, and everyone is looking at her, hey, look at what she's wearing. Then all of a sudden, they see you, you are with megaphone standing at the street. Give your life to Jesus. I said, give your life to Jesus. And then they're like, ah, isn't this the same girl? Like, see, when the Holy, some of you can't, you can't bring your mind to the fact that it can happen. It is because you have not, you, when you are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, it's, your mind will not even think about whether it is possible or not. Ah, it will come out of you. Saul was persecuting the church. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now Saul was building the church. Ah. No, you, you, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and be the same. No, no, no. Maybe. There are times that I have had retreats and when I'm just with the Holy Spirit alone. And I tell people that me, my best times with God is not when we are together. When I'm alone and I can roll on the floor from one year to the other year and cry like a baby, and by the time I come out, like I, I know that like Charlie, my main, I am filled. In fact, another word for filled is satisfied in the Greek. It means that you are so full you don't want any other thing else. It's just God. So Paul is so full of the Holy Ghost. He says, ah, so is this the Jesus that, see, some of the people out there, the reason why they are speaking against Christians is because they've not encountered him. But you need to be filled so that you can bring them to the Lord. Then when they come to know the Lord, you will look at them and look at their before and after picture and wonder, is this the same person? Is this the same person? And then the final example, and I love this final example because of the person I'm going to talk about. Because I've, the, the two examples I've given relate to preaching, but I'm going to talk about a final example where someone is filled with the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with preaching. Look at Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. He says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Hellenists were Greek-speaking Jews. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. 
Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men, good of reputation. Then look at the next collocation, full of the Holy Spirit. They needed people to serve tables, or maybe they needed people to give food, distribute food. Do you know one of the collocations? They must be full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you think it is only for pastors? No, those who were going to serve tables and distribute food and distribute clothing, one of the qualifications was that they had to be full of the Holy Spirit in order to distribute food. Some of you think that being filled with the Holy Spirit only has to do with coming to preach or coming to sing. No, 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 no. God wants you to be so full with the Holy Spirit that even when you are a teacher, the influence of the Holy Spirit must come out of your so, so you are serving the people and you can because you are full of the Holy Spirit you know this one has more needs this one has less needs because if you are not full of the Holy Spirit you cause more problems so they needed people who were full of the Holy Spirit because there was already problem in the, in the church and they needed people who could discern and know that ah okay Deborah no Deborah she has come for round one already and she's coming for round two so I, already when Deborah, when Deborah gets to the table no, because I'm full of the Holy Spirit or you, you just came aside no, no. It might look funny, but, but they needed people who were full of the Holy Spirit. And, and, so, and so Peter said, they said that, so good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And you know, one thing that will make the pastor's work very effective is when the people that are working with the pastor are full of the Holy Spirit. So look at the next verse. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And then the rest of them, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Pimenus, Nicholas, and, and, and um, a proselyte from Antioch. So look at what the Bible says they chose these men full. Stephen, starting with Stephen, full of faith and of the, of the Holy Spirit. To serve tables. To distribute things. Do you know the criteria we use today in our church when we want people to serve? Is the person beautiful? <laughs> Is the person good looking? Can the person smile? The church in the early days, they were looking for people who were filled with the Holy Spirit so they could minister to the people in a way so that even when the things are getting short, by virtue of being filled with the Holy Spirit, they will know what to do with the shortage. That's, so, so what this scripture is telling us is that even in our ordinary work and whatever you are doing in the house of the Lord, whether you are a steward or you are an usher or you are a children's um, service teacher or, or whatever you do in the house of the Lord, one of the criteria is that you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why I keep on saying that in this church, I'm looking forward to the day when ushers will be so full of the Holy Spirit that when people are coming into the church, they will encounter God right from the entrance. No, it's not just for the pastor to be filled. So Stephen, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. Philip was full of the Holy Spirit. These were called, we call them deacons now, but there were people that were serving tables. So look at something about Stephen. Stephen was not an apostle. Stephen was not a pastor. Stephen was not pastoring a church. But look at Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost. When you go to the verse 8, the Bible says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people, can you imagine? The one that was serving the tables was so full of the Holy Spirit that the Bible says he did great signs and wonders among the people. And the Bible does not talk about the signs and wonders, but I can almost conjecture the kind of signs and wonders that Stephen would have done. I'm sure someone will be coming to be saved. And when the person is coming to be saved, the reason why the person is coming to be saved is because possibly the person's leg got broken, so the person is not able to work again. That is why the person is not having money. So the person is coming to be saved. Then Stephen looks at the person and says, you don't need the food. Be healed in Jesus' name and go and start working. Then the person's leg is healed. And then the person goes to start working. The Bible says he did great, great signs and wonders among the people. Oh, may God help us. That we will be filled with the Holy Spirit that will do great wonders and signs amongst the people. That will not just preach it, would experience it. Great signs and wonders among the people. So, Stephen, someone was seven tables, did great signs and wonders. Look at the final thing about Stephen. The final thing about Stephen in, in chapter 7, verse 54 to 56. Acts 7 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That was Stephen was preaching to them. When they arrested him, he, was, he started from, from Moses all the way. 
telling them about the gospel. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. But look at the next verse. It says, but he, be full of the Holy Spirit. What did he say? Be full of what? The Holy Spirit. But he, be full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the right hand of God. Stephen was so full of the Holy Spirit. By the time they were stoning him to kill him, he was so full of the Holy Spirit, he began to see into heaven and see Jesus standing at the right hand. Can you imagine? When I read the passage, I said, God, please, what are we doing? Then, then I'm not full of the Holy Spirit at all, though. Because someone was so full of the Holy Spirit, he's being stoned. And the immediate thing he's, he's doing is that he's, he has the direct access into heaven. And he can see what is happening there. And I said, God, may we be so filled that we can have direct access to see things in the realm of the Spirit that God, you are revealing to us. Things that, that, that when you show to us and we are able to pray about them, we can see results that will change lives. Want to see that. Want to see that. Want to see that? Want to see that we are filled with the Holy Spirit? So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to take full control over you. Say, Lord, take absolute control. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that you are saying the Holy Spirit have your way in and through me and work your works through me. And I said, Lord, have your way in and through me and work your works through me. Today, that should be your posture. The Lord, I want you to use me, so I want you to feel me. I don't, I don't want my life to be filled with telling novellas. I want my life to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Some of you have what you watch series, season one, season two, season three, season 14. You are still watching. How, how can the Holy Spirit fill you? Because your whole mind, your whole heart, your whole life is filled with season one, season two, season three. What, what, what are the series? The popular series, Game of Thrones, what? I, I hear them, like I don't even know them. I only hear them on social media. And I, I'm wondering, and like people are so like eager, hey, Charlie, we are getting to the climax. And, and you can see believers, they're updating their status every single one hour to the climax of the series. And after the series, they begin to give a post-analysis. How, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? No, no, how, how can you be filled with the Holy Spirit when your whole mind, your whole heart, and everything is filled with the series? When the Holy Spirit wants to fill you, like, when he comes, the space is even filled. It's occupied. Like, which space is there, Jerry? Which space is there? Like, your whole, your whole system is filled. Now, can, you, can I set this example to close my message? When you want to pour something into a container, and the container is full, do you pour it? You don't pour it because you will waste what you are pouring. But, but when the container is empty... You know there is space for the thing to be poured. You know what? A lot of us have too many things occupying us. The Holy Spirit wants to fill us, but there's no space. One compartment of your life is filled with a boy. The other compartment of your life is filled with television programs. The other compartment of your life is filled with social media. The other compartment of your life is filled with food. The other compartment of your life is filled with concern. Like, so, so there is no space in your life for the Holy Spirit to fill. Meanwhile, you are saying, fill me up, Lord. I think the first prayer should be, empty me, Lord. Empty me, Lord. No, no, seriously, you have to pray, empty me, Lord. I can imagine the prayers the disciples prayed for the 10 days that were waiting on the Lord. Because you see, you can't have the Holy Spirit fill you when there are things occupied. So I'm sure Peter will lead them, empty us, Lord. I'm sure Peter himself realized that, Jack, I deny Jesus three times. There are things inside. God, please empty me. Take it all away so that you can feel. So the same Peter who was shy of Jesus and denied Jesus before a small girl, that same Peter, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he stood before 3,000 souls. He stood before more than 3,000 souls and spoke the gospel. And 3,000 gave their lives to Jesus instantly. So, Lord, one of the prayers you are going to pray this morning is that, Lord, empty me. First of all, empty me of myself. Because some of you, you are not full with other things. You are full with yourself. So, empty me of myself. Then now, empty me of anything that is occupying my life. That is not of you. Anything that is taking up space in me, empty and then you cannot tell God, feel me. Feel me. 
God wants to repossess his people. We have been in charge for too long. From today, God wants to what? Repossess you. No, can I say it again? God wants to what? Repossess you. I heard something from a preacher, but I think that it is true. He was making an analogy about, about how, I mean, from a, a text that Jesus gave about when a demon goes and then he goes and then he comes back, he, comes, he goes around, he, 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 I mean, he doesn't find a space, he comes back to the same place and then he brings seven more demons stronger because he said that what, what spirits do is that they want to inhabit a space that is the same atmosphere as their original habitation. So, I, I listened to the message and I, I, and I realized that the element of truth in it. Then I realized that the reason why the Holy Spirit makes us holy before he comes is that he can't come and stay inside if the abode is not holy. He's a Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that he cleanses you and makes you a holy person, a holy generation, so that you, he can come and dwell inside. So I realized that if the Holy Spirit is coming to fill you, your, your, your whole system must produce the atmosphere that is ready for the Holy Spirit to come and fill so today you're going to tell God, take away the things, the chaff, the unnecessary things. I, I used to preach with this particular example that if you came to church and then, baby, the day, you, one Sunday you came to church and then there was a pile of rubbish here in the auditorium and the whole place was smelling. Would you come inside? Would you stay inside? No, because that is not the conducive atmosphere for you to come and worship. Can you imagine the number of times that our bodies, which are the temples of the Holy Spirit, have contained things that God, the Holy Spirit wants to feel, but he comes and he sees it and says, nah, I, I can't stay here. Nah, no, I can't. No, I can't. You as a human being cry, you can't even stay in the place where there is something that is, that is disgusting, something that is smelling, and you think that God can come and stay and, and feel a space that has a lot of things that are disgusting to him. So, I had a check in my own self and I said, God, how many times have I had things in me that are disgusting to you? See, the things that are disgusting to God, they are not disgusting to the flesh. They are very exciting to the flesh. So, I said, God, then please cleanse me because I want you to fill every space of me. And for some of us, God can only fill some parts because that place is clean. But there's some other part. You can't go there. So this morning you are going to pray and tell the Lord that Lord empty me. And then when you pray and tell the Lord empty me, tell the Lord that Lord now fill me. So, so I want us to rise to our feet as a church and you are going to tell God that God empty me. First of all, you are telling the Lord, Lord empty me of myself. Empty me of myself. Every form of pride, every form of inadequacy, every form of complacency, Every form of competition, every form of selfishness, every form of self-centeredness. Self is the greatest hindrance to the Holy Spirit filling you. So you are telling the Lord that Holy Spirit, please empty me of self. Lift up your voice.